This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Pressure 
No my haramai, kahu kura fano. You are tuned into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Tuia ngārio o te hāpuri, bringing together the voices of our community. Flat Out. It is a tagline of Free FM and Flat Out Pride absolutely supports that. You're tuned into the station and the show that celebrates us, the Glit Fab, Rainbow Fano. That's gay, lesbian, intersex, transgender, takatāpui, queer, questioning, whawhawhine, akairene, adronches, asexual, bi and all the fabulousness in between. Of course, outside of those scopes, because that's how we do's. All those colours of the rainbow or kahukura. You're tuned in with Lady H on your mic for your funky Friday. We love having you on board wherever you are in Aotearoa or across international waters. No my harapai, no my hoki mai. Welcome and welcome back. On your fab show tonight, we've got, of course, what's hot and happening for your coming weekend in Aotearoa. We're covering gay games. Did you know about this? Uh, a huge event. There is a Kopapa Kororo being shared, um, interviewed with a few key people. Really cool stuff. I only had a short time to bring you that interview. That was a half an hour, but I've just taken a snippet of about eight or so minutes for you to just get a taster. We're covering international news and out and proud stories. I'm proud to be gay, out and proud, African LGBTI. So this show, Internationally Rainbow. Flat out, so it's all about our international whānau for this fab Friday evening. So, thank you for joining us. I hope you've had a fabulous week. You've had a fabulous weekend. And now, it's winter here, so I hope you're keeping warm and well out there. In terms of international waters, or different temperatures everywhere, but in terms of being well in your spirit, in your body, and in your environment, I know that our countries or many countries are recovering well from COVID, others are still in the thick of it. Our thoughts, minds and hearts go out to you wherever you are. Whānau. New Zealand stands with you. Hoia no, let's get into the goodness. And of course we've got beats peppered through there. Bit of DMB for your listening pleasure. We're going to go straight into the goodness. I'm proud to be gay, out and proud African LGBTR. Tune in. Pause, breathe and listen. Hello. I am Larry Aila of the Art and Proud African LGBTI YouTube channel. We are here this afternoon at Regent's Park, London. I have a guest this afternoon. George, please introduce yourself to our viewers. Hello everyone, the viewers. I'm the one and only George William Katende from Uganda, East Africa. George, it's nice having you on this program. Nice having you too here. How will you describe your sexuality, George? I would describe my sexuality as a gay man, open and proud. I mean, out and proud. That's open, how I describe myself. Open, open out, and proud, out and, and proud. proud. That's my description. Glad, That's the description of my sexuality. Glad to hear that. Yeah. As an openly gay man from yeah. Uganda. Right. Would you like to share your experience being I'm, a gay man? from Uganda. What is it like back home? Being a gay man in Uganda, I would say it's just like living hell on earth. Because in natural sense, you're not allowed to live who you are. 
being a gay man in Uganda, that means you have to be discreet. You have to be behind all what we call in hiding. You can't be open as we are here and then we express ourselves. You can't come out and say, I'm out and proud or open and proud. You have to be in hiding or behind the bushes. In other words, I mean, you can't really come out and say who you are. Whereas here we are in UK, we are allowed, at least we're given a chance to express who we are and then express our sexuality. Whereas in Uganda, you can never ever do that in open. Otherwise, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Yeah. That's the problem. My viewers will be interested right. in understanding you very well or right. clearly. Uh, when you say you have to leave behind the bushes, how will you, I want you to be explicit, ex ex explain to us in simple language, well, in, in the family, in your community, and right. the country at large, right. how did it affect you? Living in bushes, just like you said, I want um, to put more emphasis on that point, as you said, it's just like being in a simple language, as you said, that you're living in closet. Within your family, you can't open up. Because as soon as you open up, trust me, you're going to be, how do you call it, um, disregarded or disowned. You're going to be disowned. That's the right word. When you're in the community as well, you can't come out and say, <laughs> George Katenda, I'm a gay man. Everyone is just going to look at you like, um, uh, sorry my language, but they're going to look at you as a piece of crap. And if not so, you may get yourself in hot soup. That's the community at large. And in the family, you're going to be disowned. Mm. That's how the situation is out there. So in other words, for you to be who you are, you have to live in the closet. You can't open up at all. Much as we can open up here to our families. At least we know there is a law to protect us. Yeah. But back in Uganda, there is no law to protect you as a gay man. That's the point. That's such a, such a shame coming from Africa. I'm telling you. Oh, here we are in the United Kingdom. Right. Have you been open? I'm, I'm, I'm. I know you said you are out, <laughs> proud and open. How I'm, have you been open? Tell how me. How have I been open? Right now as I'm here, I'm, I'm open. I've got a partner. That's how open I am. I go to clubs. I go to pubs. I go to GAY. I go to uh, Voxel Taverns. I enjoy myself. I'm open and out and I'm proud. I'm not, I'm not scared of anything because whenever I go to such places, I meet people who have got the same belief like me. So it makes me happy. It makes me feel welcomed. It makes me feel like I've got a family, you know, whereas I can't do it any other, any other, in, in any other place apart from the UK, you know. So being in Africa or in Uganda, there is nowhere I could go to any club where there is a huge... LGBTQ people like me, no way. Mm. That's totally out of order down there. But here we are accepted as we are. That's why, nevertheless, it's so sad that they put on my T-shirt. We exist, but luckily you got it. I got my T-shirt and I always wear it. We exist. I'm glad to hear that. That's how here proud I am. Here in the United Kingdom, you don't have to look over no, your shoulders as a all. result of your sexuality. Not at all. That's good. Now, um. The coronavirus pandemic has come with its own challenges. Right. The lockdown. A lot of uh, guests on this channel has mm. uh, shared their experience with us. Right. How did you cope? How did you survive the lockdown? 
Mm, luckily, to be honest with you, the way I survived the corona lockdown, luckily, I should say, I should say um, one in a million who are lucky to have a partner who is understanding. So we've been always together. He's, he's, he's been always there for me. So in other words, I didn't feel like we're in a lockdown particular because whenever you're with a beloved one, you feel you embraced each and every time, each and every moment. Yeah. It's only when you don't have a beloved one or anyone to talk to, then that's that's totally um, a lockdown feel sort of thing. But when you're with your beloved ones, everything just seems like it's normal to you. That's how I could say. That's how I've been able to go through the lockdown without any sort of don't get me wrong i've been missing coming around coming out socialize with my people out and proud people go to gay but beside that being at home with my partner has been helped me a lot to cope up with the lockdown and the coronavirus that's why i can still come out and smile otherwise without him i would have been probably getting myself into mental institute now because it's not easy being at home just looking at walls not talking to anybody you know but he has been always there for me you thank know? you very much george You're as you are aware we've got subscribers as all over the world united kingdom europe africa uganda nigeria do you have message for our viewers back home in uganda the lgbt community what message do you have for them? Can you look at the camera and speak your language to them? Bandanga mwena jemuli, LGBT members, abali mu Uganda and abali mu Africa yon at large, bandanga mbagamba ntimbeleba gumu, isawe jakutuka, echiku tobu dechigenda buta, tusobolenga tusobolo kwe taya, tusobolenga tuwalea suwa tukubaku mkono, nanafi tusobolo kwe ya galangaba, ntuwabalalabo, nabona, wakusinga yeba tusosula, neba tuisa mwa masu, neba tutuwalanga e, chintuwe chitagasa, neba tutuwalanga fabataina musai kwe gumuna bo, nafi tuliba ntunga bo, nesawe jakutuka, mbega hili dembeleba gumu, katonda ya tutonda fena, Atulaba eraja tuisambuli, chimbuli, chisivu chona chona tuja kubela bulonji. Mba agaliza obulamu obulonji, atayo na jembera mbelenga muliba kakamu. Temu mugondera mateka, kubanga mitagondi ya mateka, atemi nzo tuvira mwebi embi obu kakana, nebaba toba nebakoli chichamu. Atenge siche tuagala, tuagala mbelenga muliba lamu. Tuba sabira, buli kabanga, buli kade, buli kade tuvira tuba sabira, obulamu mwebu belenga, buli ngamukama asubulu bukako abakume muberenga muri balamu nenga mbakaka sante ekikutobudde kijja kubuta tusobole kubanga twetaya uruaka tonda ninsi yange thank you very much george you're welcome that was um, a cute message Huge. hopefully when next we call you we will have your attention here on this program 100% it's nice having you on the program nice having you too thank you very much for watching Keep watching and subscribe to the Art and Proud African LGBTI YouTube channel. Thank you very much.
You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. You can live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz, uh, via accessradio.org, Apple Podcasts, accessmedia.nz, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat Out. That last beat there was Joey Chicago, Don't You Want. That last clip there was Out and Proud, I'm Proud to be Gay, and that is by the Out and Proud African LGBTI, Gay Ugandan Narrates, Gay Stories. Found that really interesting. I hope you enjoyed. Again, our theme for the show is Internationally Rainbow. Flat out. We've got what's hot and happening for your coming weekend in Aotearoa. Gay Games, a snippet of... An interview with a few members on the panel, or wahine, course and beats through there. And now we're rolling into international news. What's happening around our international waters? First up, we're going to Hungary. Their parliament passes the anti-LGBT law ahead of the 2020 election. Now, critics say law against promoting homosexuality to children effectively bans educational programs and publicity of LGBTQ groups. Hungary's parliament has passed legislation that bans the dissemination of content in schools deemed to promote homosexuality and gender change amid strong criticism from human rights groups and, of course, opposition parties. Hardline nationalist Prime Minister Viktor Orban who faces an election next year has grown increasingly radical on social policy railing against a rainbow whānau and immigrants in his self-styled liberal regime, which has deeply divided Hungarians. His Fidesz party, which promotes a Christian conservative agenda, tacked the proposal banning school talks on LGBTQ issues to a separate, widely-backed bill that strictly penalises pedophilia, making it much harder for opponents to vote against it. So he's put... Rainbow Farno way of being and doing under pedophilia. Again, you got it all wrong. The move, which critics say wrongly conflates pedophilia with LGBTQ issues, exactly, triggered a mass rally outside the parliament, while several rights groups have called on uh, the government to withdraw the bill. Now, the lawmakers overwhelmingly backed the legislation, while left-wing opposition parties boycotted the vote. Under amendments submitted to the bill last week, below 18s cannot be shown any content that encourages gender change or homosexuality. This also applies to its advertisements. The law sets up a list of organisations allowed to provide education about sex in schools. Hmm, okay. Now the restrictions. Gay marriage is not recognised in Hungary and only heterosexual couples can illegally adopt children. Auburn's government has redefined marriage as the union between one man and one woman in the constitution. 
Critics have drawn a parallel between the new legislation and Russia's 2013 law that bans disseminating propaganda on non-traditional sexual relations among young Russians. So, same, same. Poland's Conservative Governing Party, Law and Justice, or PIS, um, Fidesz's main ally in the European Union. They've taken a similar stance on the LGBTQ issues. Budapest and Warsaw are at odds with the EU over some of their conservative reforms. Now, using child protection as an excuse to target LGBTI plus people is damaging to all children from the Greens lawmaker Gwendolyn Dalbos Caulfield. Now, Auburn has won three successive election landslides since 2010, but opposition parties have now combined forces for the first time and caught up with Fidesz in opinion polls. Let's hope that things shift and change for Hungary. Going now over to the USA, of course. US reverses Trump policy, restores LGBTQ healthcare protections. Now, the policy restores a law signed by the Obama administration protecting our rainbow people under federal health care rules. The Biden administration announced reverse a Trump-era policy that sought to narrow the scope of legal rights in sensitive situations involving medical care. Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra said the action restores protections under a provision of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare against sexual discrimination in health care. It actually says and simply says what everyone already should know. You should not discriminate against people. That includes those based on sexual orientation, gender identity, and when it comes to health care. We want to make sure that this is the case. Going over to Africa. Our whanau over there need more support and protection. There was an online publication reported that four gay men have been murdered in South Africa in less than a month. That a report made national headlines after a local government official, the spokesperson for the Guatang Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, shared a link to the story on Twitter alongside a fist emoji and the caption, Aluta Continua, the struggle continues. LGBTQ activists and allies in South Africa immediately condemned the tweet celebrating hate crimes. And the opposition Democratic Alliance Party called for Nigobe's suspension. Nigobe's tweet received nationwide attention not only because it revealed a government official's unapologetic homophobia, but also because it was emblematic of the widespread and stubborn resistance to the establishment of LGBTQ rights in South Africa. Now, their constitution actually prohibits unfair discrimination on the grounds of sexual orientation and guarantees equality for gay and lesbian people. Same-sex marriages are legal and transgender people can change their sex description and gender marker in the National Birth Register. However, and nevertheless, the rainbow community has long been subjected to hate speech, discrimination, grotesque violence and death. Many South Africans still perceive our rainbow individuals as inherently immoral and un-African and thus pay little attention to the abuse they endure on a daily basis in the country. It's time for South Africa to respond. Moving now over to Turkey. Turkey's withdrawal from the Women's Violence Treaty goes to court. So pullout sparked criticism among the opposition, 
rights groups, even ruling parties supporters. Now, Turkey's opposition parties appealed to the state council, the highest administrative court, requesting a reversal of its actions. Now, this convention was signed way back in 2011 in Istanbul. Um, now, the, Turkey was the first state to ratify it with a unanimous vote. Uh, the main supporter of the convention was the Women and Democracy Association, um, or KDEM. Now, this convention was a legally binding treaty whose parties were obligated to prevent, investigate and punish violence against women. The implementation process was monitored and evaluated. But now Turkey wants to retract. It has sparked a huge protest. Fetima Aksal, the president of the Parliamentary Commission on Equal Opportunities for Men and Women, said gender violence is a significant problem that must be dealt with on a global scale. She says the ruling AK party, of which she is a member, sees it as a crime against humanity. For her, the decision to scrap Istanbul Convention will benefit the entire country. We cannot implement something just because Europe imposes on us. There is nothing to imitate from Europe in femicide. It has the highest rates. We already established an exploratory committee in the parliament to investigate violence against women by presidential order. Now, what Exile said the issue is above politics and sincerity is only key to the solution. She argued some parts of the convention go against Turkey's traditional family values. Marginal groups from both sides spoke out a lot in vengeance. LGBT communities, communist women groups, maybe this brought us here, she said. But the member of parliament, Aylin Nazliaka, from the main opposition party, CHP, said all of Turkey's political parties across the spectrum were proud of drafting and signing the Istanbul Convention. In her words, the ruling party is currently contradicting itself. Law number 6284 refers to the convention. Repealing it weakens the law. No one can assure they will not void it. This treaty is a guarantee for our women. Safety, safety and safety. Taiwan? Going over there quickly, finally got to celebrate Pride and 200 days in a row without a single local infection of COVID. They celebrated Pride. The parade came a day after two same-sex couples joined a mass wedding hosted by the military for the first time in another gay rights landmark in Asia. Stunning, over 4,000 gay couples have registered their marriages since the law change took effect last year when Taiwan became the first place in the region to allow same-sex nuptials. Sibani, that's all the time we have for in terms of international news whānau. Next, we'll go into a beat. Picard Brothers, a blessing in this house. Stay tuned.
Nā mā haramai, nā mā hoki mai, kahu kura whānau, rainbow whānau. You're tuned to the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz, via accessradio.org, Apple Podcasts, accessmedia.nz, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat Out. Lady H on your mic for your funky Friday. We love having you on board. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We've that last beat there is Picard Brothers Blessing in This House. Boom. We've got what's hot and happening for your coming weekend. And now we're moving into gay games. Did you know about it, Fano? Did you know? Stabunning and stabunning. I have a interview lined up for you. Not from me, sorry. This is compliments of YouTube Participation and Inclusion Matters, Episode 2, Our Year of Reliving. So this is related to this year. I could only give you a snippet, an edited snippet of the conversation that was held by the interviewer and three female panellists. Really interesting corridor. We will post that up to our Bookface page so you so you can connect to the link and have a listen to the whole half hour. Now in terms of gay games, if you did not know Farno, it has been held in 2020. Gay Games number 11, first in Asia. So that's from the 11th to the 19th of November. Um, this is a unique combination of sports, arts, culture, fun and community this brings together diverse groups of people to experience moments of joy. It will create unity and positive attitudes that will last a lifetime here held in Hong Kong. And beyond under the tagline, Unity in Diversity. So they're expecting about 12,000 participants, 75,000 spectators and 3,000 volunteers from over 100 countries. Now, there are 36 sporting events planned, including new events, dragon boat racing, dodgeball, esports, and trail running, uh, opening and closing ceremonies, festival village, arts and culture events, daily performances, a gala concert, LGBTQ plus art exhibitions, a variety of events to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Gay Games. Now, everyone is welcome to participate, regardless of ethnicity, religion, age, sexual orientation, gender, identity, ability, or background. Amazing. And if you're straight, you can join too. Yes. Now, you can go to ggHk2022.com to pre-register or to volunteer. Now, there's a whole squiz on it, uh, pre-register, all sports events, get the latest news, arts and culture events, volunteering, donating, all sorts. Now, Fano, I have never been to one of these games, but I will, on my bucket list, either participate or volunteer or just go and watch, be a spectator. Have a research. This is so us, and why not us in sports? We have the right to be there, just as much as the next far no. Have a listen to the interview and what they're discussing about where we're at in current times in terms of thriving, not just surviving. Enjoy far no, enjoy. We'll then go into a beat afterwards, Mila Falls Heartbeat.
Stay tuned. Welcome everybody to the second FGG talk show, Participation and Inclusion Matters. I am your host. My name is Shiv Paul, and I am one of the vice presidents of external relations for the Federation of Gay Games. And if anyone out there listening does not know what the Federation or the Gay Games is, the Gay Games is probably at this point the world's largest sports and culture event put on by LGBTQ people that is open to all. So it really, truly democratizes sport and culture in a way that many, many other events don't. So very excited to be part of that organization. And I'm really excited for this show today where we are talking about our, us entering a year of reliving. And I'm super excited to have a really fabulous, fantastic group of women on this panel discussion today. And I'm going to do some introductions and we will dive straight into what I hope will be a very fascinating topic. First of all, we have Chloe Davis. Chloe is a proud bisexual woman, a mother of two, a creative global inclusion and belonging consultant, a chef and an entrepreneur. Chloe volunteers with UK Black Pride as the head of finance and governance and she is the community lead for the London Queer Fashion Show, an annual showcase of fashion, identity and expression. And she is a trustee for the London LGBTQ plus community centre. And she describes herself, and I particularly love this, as a mental health survivor. Welcome, Chloe. Very excited for you to be here. Next, we have Joni Evans, and Joni is the co-president of the Federation of Gay Games. She's based in London. And Joni originally hails from Birmingham. Her sport is football and her first team actually was Hackney Women's Football Club, which was the first team in Europe. She's been to seven gay games, two as co-president, and she has been the FGG co-president since 2013. And last but not least, we have Renee Torado. I'm extremely proud to call Renee a good friend of mine. Renee trained as a lawyer and she's been working in the diversity and inclusion space for uh, more than a decade at this point. I first met Renee uh, back in 2014. I had made a short uh, documentary film called Queens at Court, which was about LGBT amateur tennis players. I got connected to the United States Tennis Association and they decided to take that on and use it as part of their diversity outreach programs. And Renee was my first point of contact at the STA, immediately felt a vibe connection. But she went on to, to more fabulous uh, things that awaited her, including becoming the head of diversity and inclusion at Major League Baseball, and then going to Gucci as the global chief of diversity. And now she has hugely, I'm truly humbled to be in the presence of such DNI heavyweights and just very powerful, strong women on this panel. Actually, I was inspired to do a show around our, us entering this year of reliving by you, Chloe, because I had facilitated um, a panel discussion on Ida Hobbit, the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia and Transphobia for UK Athletics. And um, Chloe was on that panel with a bunch of other really great people. And I think you had mentioned that phrase. May 25th saw the anniversary of George Floyd's murder and there is now, for the next year, we are going to be the world reliving everything that has just gone before in the past sort of, you know, 12 months or more. It really spurred me to think about what are and organisations doing, including sports organisations, to support people through 
the management of, I think, what is going to be a fairly harrowing year. You know, it's not that there was just pandemic and COVID or George Floyd's murder. That certainly sparked a massive movement, which has, you know, a global lens, but many, many other atrocities, which I think have been highlighted over the past sort of 12 to 18 months. And so, you know, Chloe, I want to go to you first. And you obviously have been thinking about that a lot. And this is particularly why I love in your bio, you call yourself a, a mental health survivor. Just when you think about the next 12 months that we have ahead of us, what comes to your mind? What are you thinking about in terms of what can people expect and, and how can they be supported in, in what's coming? Why I say reliving is because however we coped last year, whichever facet, and a lot of that was online, we are constantly being reminded of the place that we were in, whether it's, you know, a Facebook memory or on this day last year. And so, you know, as much as I talked about at that time, I want to get back to living. I actually want to no longer just survive. I want to thrive. But the reliving part is so important. Renee, I want to come to you because, you know, you having worked in sort of a variety of mediums, but primarily in sports, right? Sport obviously has a responsibility to support the mental health of its athletes and things like that and you think about major league baseball what kinds of things would that organization do not just to support the mental health of athletes as they're on this journey would they consider doing things to support their athletes from these types of things that are happening in the in the world as well i think actually the sports leagues do have the capacity to provide the resources I think the bigger challenge, quite frankly, especially, and this ties well to what we've seen and we've talked a little bit about with what's happened to Naomi. Right now, most global sports are so male dominated and there Mm. is still stigma with men acknowledging their mental health challenges, their fatigue, in addition compounded by the fact that you are this role model on this huge stage and you have these contracts that have these morals clauses. Like there's a lot of layers to this. So I think the leagues would absolutely respond to it very, very quickly, but there would have to be a collective voice of athletes and unfortunately in particular male athletes because of what we've seen. Like what to me, Naomi Osaka has been bullied, you know, basically by the fact like she was shamed and bullied. I don't know if it would have happened the same way if it were male athletes. I think you have to create an environment of safety for these athletes to come forward yeah. and be, yeah. you know, say it's okay to say it. And then after that, I think you'll see a big shift. And I think it'll also impact the broader culture as well. As we know, athletes have a huge amount of influence on the behavior of, of other people, mm-hmm. even not, you know, non-athletes and fans alike. So I think that's the potential there. But Quite frankly, if it's the Naomi's of the world, you know, or LGBTQIA community that continues to be the primary voice around this, mm-hmm. I think it will continue to be a challenge to get the resources and the, the validation that it needs. And it's going to require in order to prompt a broader shift in sports, but more broadly in general as a cultural shift. Joni, I want to come to you because you're you're the only athlete on the call, right? But you know, you as a footballer, right? Then very traditionally male-dominated sport. Yeah. Have you seen changes over the years? What has been your own experience over the years in terms of whether that needle has moved in terms of that sort of sexism realm? The thing is, it's how women's football has grown over the past few years is enormous. It should have got there a lot longer ago because it's like it's as if everybody's just realised that women can play as well. I've been a proper player of women's football since I was 25, so that's like... The changes that I've seen is whereby 
even as a grassroots sport, you couldn't even get a mention anywhere in terms of where you could find women's sport to watch. If you didn't go and see it in person, you wouldn't find it on TV. Even when England was playing, you'd have to scroll every channel and probably find it on BBC Wales at 12 o'clock at night. So it was those sort of things. And now there's money going into it, but I don't think the women's game has as much discrimination in it now because all of the things that the men have to deal with women don't. They don't have to deal with, with lesbians playing the sport because people know lesbians play. It's quite open about, you know, players who've got partners. That is not the issue. But what it does is that once one level of issue is dealt with, it just brings up another issue. So there's an issue about women not being paid the same. I worry that with the growth of women's football as it is, that grassroots football will be forgotten about. Because I very much noticed that there isn't a lot of players of colour that play for the country or play for any of the top teams. Why is that not happening? So I'm very worried that the game will go so fast that how it started and where the grassroots is is not going to be recognised. And I feel that as an adult who missed out on all of the joys of playing the game and what is happening now is that I'd hate for any young girl coming up who wouldn't have all of the opportunities play the game. The only thing that I see that made a difference in football as a sport is, is the way that the UK players still take the knee.
You can live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz, via accessradio.org, Apple Podcasts, accessmedia.nz, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat out. Tuia ngāreo o te hāpuri, bringing together the voices of our community. And that's how Flat Out Pride rolls too. Boom. Right, I hope you've enjoyed the show. hope you enjoyed the, those kōrero. Gay games are super interesting. I'm going to do so much more research on that and figure out how I can get to one of those. Anywho, let's roll into what's hot and happening in Aotearoa your coming weekend. Friday the 18th of June, Disney Drag Super Show is happening at the Ivy Bar and Cabaret. Starting at 9 o'clock tonight, Fab Fridays at Ivy Bar and Cabaret. That's starting at 9 o'clock. And that's with Wellington's finest drag stars, drinks, games and giveaways. For your set day, there's Daniel Champagne Live at Navarra Lounge. That's in Alverion H-Town. Devil Skin and Cora are playing in Hamilton this Saturday at 7 o'clock. Uh, at the factory, you can go to Event Finder to get your tickets. Drax Project and Mitch James are playing at the Town Hall in Auckland. Hopefully, you got your tickets because that has sold out. The Disney Drag Super Show is happening at Ivy Bar and Cabaret again for your Saturday night. That's all I've got for the weekend, but next week, Monday the 21st of June, the Transgender Support Group is being held at the Historic Village in Tauranga Moana. For your Tuesday the 22nd, Queer Writers Read Things. That's at a Navarra Lounge uh, in our very own H-Tower starting at 7pm. Cuban Salsa, Wednesday Fun Class at the Waikato Commerce Club here in H-Town. Cheap Drinks, Drag, and Big and Sassy Karaoke uh, at the Ivory Bar and Cabaret, that's uh, Student Karaoke Night. And for your Thursday, Gender Dynamics Aotearoa uh, is being held at the Historic Village in Tauranga Moana. That is a snippet. That is all I have in terms of your weekend week and in terms of events related to us, Kahukura Rainbow Fano. If you have more, please post up to our book face page, Flat Out Pride. Uh, if it's national or international, share with the whānau to share your love. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, give us an email on flatoutpride at hotmail.com and let us know what's good in your hood. That is me, Lady H, signing off for your Funky Friday. Hope you have a fabulous weekend, wherever you are, whatever you're getting up to, whomever you're getting up to. Be safe on the streets and in the sheets. Farno, condoms and lube are your safest form of protection. I'm going to leave you with a beat. Flume featuring Jezebel Doran, Sleepless. Have a fab weekend and we'll catch you all up next week. Kakite, happy Pride Month and happy Matariki. Maudiora.
Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.